Welcome back to Drones in America by Market Scale. I'm your host, Grant Gia, and I'm a partner in the Unmanned Aircraft Systems team leader at the law firm of Adams & Reese. This week, we are joined by David Benowitz. David is currently the head of research at Drone Analyst. He produces and, and puts a lot of great content out there regarding what's going on with the drone industry. So we're excited to speak with him today. David, welcome to the program. Yeah. Thanks, Grant. It's a pleasure to be on the program today and, and looking forward to kind of chat about the industry and, and dive in deep. Absolutely. So let's start by talking a little bit about your background. I know you came over from DJI, but prior to that, tell us a little bit about what led you to the drone industry. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of really my, my love for sci-fi and kind of my uh, midlife crisis during college uh, at George Washington University studying economics, kind of looking at, at where you could go in kind of the finance or kind of management consulting space and decided to really look into the tech space and kind of found my way towards hardware and you know where is the best hardware kind of made or at least has been made in the past few years has been been china um, and so i kind of made my way over to dji and kind of started there as an intern uh, during my college years um, and then was kind of offered to come back um, during my my time at, as an intern was in 2015 so kind of in the phantom three inspire one days um, and it was really an exciting time to kind of see this industry be born the first time i flew a drone was was kind of at those offices and it really kind of born out a love for that technology and kind of the potential for the market it was really before what we knew as commercial was there but actually kind of internally i was part of a lot of those conversations where we didn't even know the term kind of commercial we were just kind of saying like business um, and kind of talking to other big businesses um, and i kind of realized that's really what i wanted to do um, and I was excited that when I came back to DJI um, after I graduated, they're kind of almost getting ready to start that department. And I was able to kind of jump in and get really hands on with the founding of this kind of new movement internally at DJI. So were you in California? Is that where you were at the DJI? Uh, so actually, I went, I went straight to China. Um, so oh, I, I even okay. interned in China as well. Cool. I had really bad Chinese. I, I kind of was lucky enough. I was really interested in, in Southeast Asian economics and kind of the languages there are English and then Chinese. There's no really other kind of dominant language there. So I kind of started taking some classes and I was kind of lucky enough that these things kind of aligned without intending to. It was never my intent to live in China, but it was like, you know, I'm, I'm very open to, to kind of going there, especially when you're young. And it's been a, an interesting experience ever since. Since That's then, my fantastic. Chinese has become okay, <laughs> but it kind of started off as barely survivable. That's fantastic. What a great life experience and what a great introduction to the drone industry. Um, of course, you know, and we're going to talk more about this in a minute, but um, definitely, certainly with manufacturing, the drone industry certainly is starting to expand um, and we're seeing more of it actually in America, but that's really cool that you are in DJI in China. Um, so let's talk about DJI and what you did there. I know you were the, let's see, I have it written here. You are the Associate Director of Marketing Communications, but you are also a founding member of DJI. Tell us about that. Yeah, so back when I rejoined the company, I joined as kind of a general trainee passing between things. Um, and I very quickly gravitated towards kind of this growing kind of BD team at the time, um, which we kind of unified into being this, this kind of first enterprise team with kind of some guys in R&D, some guys in business development, and then some guys in, in kind of the domestic Chinese sales side of things. Um, and, you know, we kind of really quickly got about building on top of the M600 and XT, 
which were actually launched before we really had this internal team at all um, and kind of built it up from, from there, kind of being a core part of building out that first DJI Airworks, um, kind of doing the first marketing and launch for them 200 series uh, and, and kind of much more thereafter. So it was really kind of very ad hoc in those early days. We didn't, we didn't really have too much of an idea about where we were going, um, but a lot of it from my side was kind of building out that customer research, talking to customers and seeing what's actually happening in the market, looking at kind of data of where our sales are going and, and kind of who's actually buying, what products are they buying. Um, and especially in those early days, people internally were very surprised to fi figure out that, you know, even though internally we didn't understand this idea of like commercial applications and business um, kind of sales side of things, a lot of people were already buying phantoms for commercial applications. And, and obviously probably every one of your viewers already knows this, um, but I think back in 2016, that was kind of a big revelation uh, internally within DJI just to realize like they just launched so many great products so quickly and, and just had them in so many different people's hands. They really had no idea until a bit a while later. Right. And I think it's interesting to point out that you were at DJI at a time, which I, I don't know if I'd call it its formative years, but certainly DJI kind of led the um certainly led the market, but really played an instrumental role in putting drones in the hands of consumers, um, as well as commercial industries. So it's a uh, even the American manufacturers, you know, certainly recognized DJI really played a giant role in making drones a more commonplace phenomenon in America. So it's great that you were there during that time. Are you surprised by the growth of the use of drones in commercial industries? I'm not really. I think especially in those early days, you would just talk to anyone and they'd have some type of idea. Um, so you always, from those early days, saw just the potential. Um, you know, I'd say since then, I'm a little underwhelmed with kind of the speed of the growth. It, it makes a bit more sense. I think I just was very, um, you know, excited about the potential. But I think when you come down to commercial applications, it just takes a lot of time. You know, it's not just hardware. It's a lot of software involved. It's a lot of sales involved to actually get this product into the hands of these large corporations um, and to actually see them expanding out those applications. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess maybe just due to my, my kind of youth at the time, I'm not too surprised from kind of to see where it's gone and kind of the, all those applications. Because I mean, in those early days, you would talk to anyone and they have like five new ideas for applications you've never heard of before. Um, a lot of them never panned out, but <laughs> there was so much excitement in those early days. You know, it's funny. You've been in the industry, what, for at least four years now, right? If not longer? Yeah, like four and a half. So I've been in about three, working with drone clients for about three years now, and it has literally been all of a sudden within the past four to five months that clients are really wanting to take charge and embrace drone deliveries. I think it's a direct reflection of uh, the public and how public acceptance has changed regarding drones and drone deliveries. And COVID-19 certainly has played a role in that people are really beginning to appreciate the thought of being able to receive packages and items uh, via drone because what better way to social distance? Are you surprised that COVID-19 has kind of pushed public perception in that direction? No, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, just, just being in China, you're, you're a bit ahead when it comes down to COVID things. <laughs> um, and so we kind of saw that big interest very early on with just seeing new applications. Uh, I mean, in China, a lot of it was delivery and then also spraying pesticides, which is not a good idea in general. It doesn't work out. Um, but you just saw like everyone interested in these type of new applications and 
you know, I think from package delivery, it makes a ton of sense, um, especially in these more suburban style communities. And, you know, it's, it's exciting to see. I think, you know, if you were to ask me a year ago where I thought package deliveries would be, I definitely don't think it would be where it is today. A lot of that is a lot of hard work from companies like, like Wing, um, kind of putting, putting the work in and Flytrex putting the work in. Um, but I think as well, like COVID has definitely been a very big accelerator for them. You know, I, I thought we would be here in maybe two, three years, not this year. <laughs> I almost feel like COVID kind of was a catalyst. Um, I agree with you. When I first began learning the industry, I too thought that deliveries would come along quicker than they have. But I am surprised because it's almost like all of a sudden, um, I know it's not all of a sudden, but it feels like a lot's happened in a short amount of time. And I'm not just talking about Amazon achieving its Part 135 certification. I'm talking about um, the, the interest in general, not just by the industry, but by the public in this technology as well. And it's not just drone deliveries, it's also the economic benefits that drones are able to provide. We can send people um, up to inspection towers when, uh, I'm sorry, we can send drones up to inspection towers when we can't send people. And I think that's really important and that's kind of helped shine a light on the benefits that drones are capable of providing. So I wanna move on and talk about your current job. Um, beginning in August, you moved to drone analyst and to become the head of research. How is that going? Yeah, it's, it's good. I'm not sure how much you or kind of your viewers know about Drone Analyst, but Drone Analyst was founded back in 2016 by Colin Snow. Uh, um, everyone knows Colin very well. He's done a great <laughs> job in the industry. Yes, everyone of course knows Colin. And I, was, I had the pleasure to work with him during my tenure at, at DJI and, and kind of get to know him uh, there. Um, and I, as always, the Drone Analyst has had a very kind of more realistic conservative approach to looking at the market. Um, and so I'm kind of doing a lot of the same. Um, so it's been great to kind of get a lot of uh, new pieces about kind of what's what's impacting the industry, what kind of data is out there from the registration side, which has kind of been overlooked just because COVID's really impacted everything. I think a lot of people aren't looking at what are necessarily the, the trends in the market other than like package delivery and how COVID's impacting. Um, and then also digging into some other things like the consumer industry, which, um, you know, long-term I'll always be more focusing on the commercial side. But I think also this year, it's, it's kind of interesting to look at the commercial side, the consumer side, um, just because I think you'd be surprised to see that there has been an uptick there as well from COVID. And I think a more unexpected uh, uptick there. Um, and just because there aren't many stakeholders in that side of the market anymore, it's kind of often neglected, you know. In the commercial side, we have so many new stakeholders, especially US made and, and kind of US headquartered. And the package delivery side as well, it's almost every, I mean, especially this past month, every week, there's almost a new person getting a part 135. And that obviously won't be true forever. Um, but that kind of consumer side, there's not that many stakeholders. So you don't hear too much, um, I guess, data from that, that side of the thing. Um, and then obviously, I'm preparing for our big annual report, which will be coming out in November, um, with our survey that we just released uh, just about a week and a half ago. Great. It's fantastic that you're in a vital role in a company like Drone Analyst. Plenty of people in this industry rely on that data and that research to make informed decisions regarding where this industry is going and how those companies can achieve maximum ROI. I want to talk specifically about a few of the articles you put out. One was titled, Three Trends Driving the Drone Industry Through 2020. Uh, the first point you mentioned was increased hardware competition signals market shift. And this is something I kind of hit on earlier. We're starting to see American companies play a bigger role in the manufacturing market, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's great for the market overall. I think from an innovation standpoint, you're seeing a lot of these players take very different approaches to the market. Um, and I think this year we won't see it impact the data too much. I think when you look at these companies, they kind of have one or two models out there. And just because of how the funding's kind of begun, especially from the DOD, that model generally is focusing on like dual use, military and public safety applications. But I think we'll see that competition really hit its stride next year when these companies start putting out additional one, two models and starting to touch into mapping, surveying, inspection as well, and start to eat up more of that market share. Right, and a, several of these companies have really made a splash, even if next year is going to be even bigger for them. This year, I know Skydio in particular has done a great job, and yesterday they announced what's probably the biggest deal in the commercial drone industry. And of course, that is its deal with um, Eagle View. So it, it is great to see American companies also being able to take advantage of this market. That goes to the second point you address in your article, and that's rising global tensions and move towards dual use. You mentioned dual use briefly a second ago. The global tensions is something that we've talked about on this program, um, and, and without taking a necessarily a hard stance position on it, we just typically address uh, a what what are those tensions? What are the points that are causing people to have this debate? And B, what would the implications be of actions taken in regard in regards to that debate? How have you seen global tensions shift in recent years? Um, especially given your role at DJI, I'm assuming you were kind of immersed in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a very busy uh, past few years working on um, kind of what we internally called crisis issues, and and have been part of those kind of crisis management teams involved in and a lot of that internally at DJI. Um, and while I, I can't go into too much about like how we acted and kind of what our processes are and thinking and stuff like that, just cause it is um, kind of, I'll, I'll focus on my current role and, and not, not release too many of those internal right. secrets. Um, you know, it, it has been an interesting thing to see as an American in China, just personally, um, kind of what's there. And I think there's a lot of fact and, and fiction to kind of this type of US China tech war that's brought up so many concerns. And I think kind of there's uh, kind of my take on it, I guess is, the fiction side of it being a lot of these security concerns, which we should be paying attention to security. Please don't think I'm saying otherwise. Um, but I just think the way that a lot of the, the government and a lot of different companies are kind of going at it is very much first based on speculation instead of being based on fact. Uh, I mean, kind of today, DJI's security standards and hardware are better publicized, documented and tested than any other drone manufacturer on the planet. Um, and, you know, you can always point out, well, data transfer flows and they're headquartered in China. Um, but when it comes down to it, unless we have a standard, you know, we're, we're harming the industry instead of hurting it. So I think, I think the more fiction we have, the, the more the, the whole industry is going to be weakened and kind of stalling. And, and I know a few customers myself personally that have kind of slowed down their expansion of their drone program as they kind of assess, you know, what, which, what of this is real, how much of this do we really need to be concerned about, um, and kind of how, what are the options going forward? But I think when you look at the fact, there's a lot of facts there, which is, you know, the market isn't healthy when you have the monopoly. Um, and so it's, it's healthy to have competition. And, you know, in some way, the DOD funding, you know, is giving rise to this kind of dual use because it's pushing a lot of American companies to invest in kind of militarized technology. Obviously, they're not putting guns on it um, today, um, which is, I think, overall great to see that as kind of where their sticking point is. Um, but it could potentially bring up some bigger concerns with the market in the future as well. So, you know, I like that we're seeing more competition. 
I hope that these companies move away from just being in the military bubble to focusing primarily on the commercial space. And I think that's where I hope to see the industry go. I, I worry if we get stuck in this kind of military fiction bubble where all the US companies are investing in, in kind of military, for military products and kind of relying on the security concerns to get sales in the commercial market. And I hope instead they really start moving into there more fully. No, and you brought up a lot of great points there. And I'll add the fact that 2020 has just been the gift that keeps on giving. It's been a crazy year. Um, it, <laughs> obviously, in addition to COVID, it's no secret we're in the middle of a very tense uh, election right now. You know, an election's approaching and the hysteria is just off the charts. Um, not just about the election drones, about, and, and you, you brought up another great point, and that's some of these concerns are valid. They absolutely are. Um, there also can be an underplaying or an overplaying as to what DJI is doing to remedying, uh, remedy this, this issue, this perceived issue. So it's important for people out there to really kind of, you know, like, like we try to do or like I try to do with, polit with politics and with news, um, take a step back and evaluate everything before you make your decision. I think that's important because there is a lot of misinformation out there coming from both sides. Some of it well-intentioned, some of it not well-intentioned. And I, I truly do think that you hit the nail on the head when you said competition's a great thing. Um, I, I think what Skydio is doing and, and the great successes it's having are only gonna cause DJI to innovate even harder, if that's the correct term, um, and, and vice versa. <laughs> so I, I truly do think it, great for the industry. I want to talk about a third point you raised. Can we, can we stay on the election topic real quick? Sure. Sorry. I, and obviously, we're not going to discuss kind of who everyone's electing for and everything. Obviously, everyone listening to the podcast should go vote if, if they are an American citizen. Um, but I do think kind of on both sides, on kind of the Biden-Trump side, we, we kind of did a, a few tweets about this as well. Um, but I think for the drone industry, we'll see very much of the same no matter who becomes president. Um, or kind of if a continuation or a new person becomes president, um, just as both are very focused on Biden's economic plan and Trump's economic plan, using the federal government to kind of require that they buy American. Um, so I think that's something to kind of consider as a drone industry insider. Um, you know, there's different ways these two administrations would obviously operate, but when it comes down to kind of economic policy in the, in the drone industry, I don't expect too many significant changes. No, you're absolutely right. I know people who are entrenched in both campaigns that deal with drones, I think it is going to not have a detrimental effect either way. Um, I think both of these administrations would be supportive of drone technology. I think Barack Obama was supportive of drone technology. Donald Trump has been supportive of drone technology and, and either he will continue to be or Joe Biden will. It, it is the one area that I would like to think as an industry, we don't really have to worry too, too much about. You know, in other yeah. areas of our lives, we worry so much about who's gonna win, who's not, what's it gonna mean for this group of people or this group of people. Um, it, it's important, I think, to focus on the positive here. And that's regardless of what happens on November 3rd, uh, America is pro-drone. And I think we're gonna continue to be pro-drone. And, that, and that's important to remember because Lord knows we all have enough to be anxious about, not even considering the election. Um, yes, <laughs> we do. In 2020, so the, of course. Oh yeah. 
So the third point um, you brought up in your article, shifting regulations, also autonomy, but shifting regulations, which I find, of course, very interesting, not just because I'm an attorney, but in the three years since I've been in this space, this year has really kind of, um, I guess, broken the mold, I guess you could say, in terms of hype or what we can expect to see in terms of regulatory shifts. The FAA repeatedly have said that by the end of the year, we can expect, or if not end of the year, very close thereafter, we can expect a remote ID rule and a relaxation of the ops over people um, and at night uh, restrictions. And so both of those things are huge for the industry and it's certainly going to assist with scalability. What effect do you see these shifting regulations having on the drone market? Yeah, I think they're really going to open up the market um, kind of even further and really open up all these different BVOS applications that, and and kind of, you know, we say BVOS, but I think in, in the end, we're kind of talking about getting more automated long range flights. Um, and that's really going to be a huge, huge boon for a lot of industries that are kind of deploying drones and are looking to deploy drones. So I, I think, you know, when we put a figure on it, it's hard to kind of say what that scale up is going to look like. Um, I'll just say, I think a lot of people are, are holding back for these kind of regulations to come in place um, and will kind of take off a lot quicker when they do. But it's going to open up kind of new aircraft types. We've really seen kind of the quadcopter win out um, since the part 107 has been in place. And I think kind of we'll see a move towards VTOL and kind of other form factors as the regulations come in place. New applications that really need to be a bit more automated to be economical will also kind of be kind of what we see in the next few years as well. Um, and so that's, that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, you know, I think yeah, it's been great. I was really surprised to get kind of the part 135 um, kind of, sorry, the type certification uh, information just like a few weeks ago. So we're seeing a lot of movement this year. And I think, yeah, at least this is one thing that 2020 seems like it'll keep on giving. Um, you know, we can get rid of everything else that 2020 brought, but this is at least some good news. It actually has been a silver lining for the drone industry this year. Um, no one ever would ask for COVID or that COVID be repeated. And if we all could go back, I'm sure all, there's not a person in this world who would rather this pandemic never have happened. But a silver lining in all this has been people have really began to embrace the benefits of drones if they weren't already. Uh, and not just consumers, commercial industries as well, because they're they're starting, they're looking for ways to streamline operations and reduce risk and cut costs. And of course, what better way to do that than drones? Um, certainly not the solution in every situation, but in a lot of situations it is. That's not even taking into account drone delivery where you can send yeah. goods around to people without uh, people needing to leave their homes, especially as we approach winter months. It's kind of setting up a, a bad uh, situation to ask vulnerable people to leave their houses to come get their medication, either at the pharmacy, the store, or hospital, um, when you have a means of delivering it to them. And I'm not just, of course, talking about ground transportation, but drones as well. So it, uh, I think all those things kind of play into this being a silver lining for the industry. I want to move on to another article you wrote, and that's the new FAA data offers insight on U.S. drone industry growth. And in that article, you discuss consumer market uh, stagnation versus how the commercial industry is expanding. And I absolutely agree um, with that. Certainly, we've seen commercial industries, their use of drones expanding this year. I am not too familiar with the consumer side of things, and obviously that's one of the reasons I'm glad you're here today to talk about it, but 
it seems like we were expecting a lot more people, um, not commercially, but hobbyists or people using it just for personal reasons to be using drones today than are actually using them. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, and that's kind of based off of the FAA's own numbers there. So kind of their forecast versus where we were today, you know, we're almost, uh, we're below actually half uh, of kind of the mark for the highest forecast and, and kind of well below where, where a lot of people expected it to be. Um, so that's, that's definitely some, some kind of sad news, although of course we can kind of, um, I think applaud the commercial industry and we do see it not increasing as highly as years before in, in 2019. But I think with the regulation changes, we'll kind of see that number either stay very high at near 40% or maybe even increase as well in future years. Um, but yeah, I think the, the main thing has been the commercial consumer industry slowdown has been unexpected. Um, I'll just kind of say, I think it kind of alludes to our earlier conversation about kind of markets being unhealthy during monopolies um, and kind of thinking about what stakeholders are there to expand that side of the market. I think drones could be used by more people on the consumer side, um, you know, and obviously regulations there will hurt the market to some degree. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that kind of reflects that unhealthiness of that market. And, and that's something I also wrote about more recently as well. Let's talk about the effects of COVID-19 um, on the interest in drones and uh, drone sales. That's, this is something else you've written about. How has COVID affected consumer sales of drones? Yeah, so, so this is kind of a, a speculative article based on real data. Um, so the, the real part of it, we'll kind of start with reality, um, is that people are searching more than ever before kind of during these, these months for kind of purchasing drones, buy drones, invest drones. So these are really high purchasing intent keywords. Um, and this is all based off of Google, Google Trends data. Um, so it kind of shows that right after the pandemic was, was started and was announced by the WHO, people kind of all started searching a lot more frequently and, and potentially buying drones as well. And talking to a few distributors, they also agree with this, with this data. Um, so kind of the speculative side of this is exactly why, um, you know, it, it's something I, just as we're, I'm not as invested in the consumer market um, as a commercial side, you know, I, I've only speculated but haven't gone into too much detailed research to kind of see, see the point why. But, you know, I, I kind of know from my own network that there's a lot of people that are really poorly and really, really negatively affected by COVID. Uh, and then there's kind of this kind of white collar working class that aren't as negatively affected. They're able to work from home, maybe even work while, while traveling, um, which I'm guilty of. And you're kind of looking for a product that you can bring with you and kind of capture those adventures um, away from the office. And so that's kind of the speculative side of it. Uh, that's kind of one, one side that I believe in. Um, and kind of some basis for that is that I think in general, drones have still kind of been on the consumer side fairly niche and kind of held to the kind of more wealthier side of, of kind of people. Um, and this is kind of a nice subset of that, that now have a lot more time to travel, be outside and potentially capture drone imagery. Now, you mentioned earlier in the episode about the survey, the market sector survey for 2020, which recently you released. Who can take this survey? Yeah, so uh, yeah, this is uh, something started by Colin, and I'm very happy to kind of keep this continuing and, and continue to release kind of reliable data for, for the industry on a yearly basis. Um, but anyone kind of involved in the drone industry, actually even from a consumer, um, so even you're flying as a hobbyist, we'd still like to know kind of what brands you're purchasing and, and how involved you are. Um, if you are a business buyer, um, specifically if you're someone deploying a drone program or involved in it, even if you yourself aren't flying, uh, we'd love to kind of have you participate in that. If you're a drone service provider or a commercial drone pilot, we'd also love to see you participate in that. 
Um, and then in general, if you're a, another stakeholder in the industry, uh, we just love to kind of see who out there is very interested and, and what's your opinion there as well. We have kind of the survey will push you to different tracks if you're a different one of those groups. So don't worry about um, taking it if it's not too related to you. If you're very interested in the industry, filling it out, you'll get a free summary of the findings. So it's, it's kind of worth your time. Absolutely. And I want to encourage all our viewers out there clearly most of you are involved in the industry to take a look at it and see if it's something you might be interested in doing. When will the results be released, David? The results will be released around middle of November uh, and we'll be closing the survey towards the, the uh, sorry, I actually have the date on me. We'll be closing the survey on October 22nd. Um, so please take a look before then. And we will make sure when we post this recording that on our website, we will post a link to the survey so that people can know where to go look for this. Um, Thanks, I appreciate it. Absolutely. We're about out of time, but before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to, you know, say any closing thoughts you may have or tell us what's next for you. Uh, yeah, not, not too many closing thoughts um, on my side. I, I think things I'm really interested in looking at are obviously how the regulations are going to be impacting the industry how COVID's really impacted people within the industry and impacted their decision-making. Um, and then how are those security concerns and kind of that country of origin question really impacting decision-making, um, especially purchases across the industry. Um, I think it's, it's a really interesting time to be kind of in the drone space uh, and kind of I'm, I'm happy everyone listening to this podcast is in it with me. Um, and just stay tuned, I think, to this podcast, to other great content out there. There's a lot to kind of see as things evolve. I mean, the drone industry, in the past few years has been a much more simple industry. And I think we're kind of seeing those nuances being built, um, especially this year with new regulations, drone delivery happening, kind of commercial and consumer diverging even more and more stakeholders in the market. So I, I think it's just uh, an industry that'll keep on providing more and keep on providing more interesting things. I certainly agree. Every day, it seems like there's a new use case. Uh, David, thank you so much for everything you do for the industry, both with what you've done with DJI and what you're doing with Drone Analyst. Your content is great. We really appreciate your providing that to the industry and serving the industry the way you do. And we'd love to have you back on the program. Thanks. And thanks for having me. I'd love to be back on. Great. Thank you. Please be sure to join us next week for the next episode of Drones in America by Market Scale.